This is best friend of the show, Monica Cabina, artist and colorist on Batman The Adventures Continue. Hey, this is Jordan Gibson, artist of Batman The Adventures Continue, and you're listening to the DCAU Review. Streaming at DCAUReview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to a very special bonus episode of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal, it's a a new year, and lucky for us, there's a new season of Batman The Adventures Continues hitting shelves. Issue 1 is here today. It actually came out this past week, and... uh, We've had uh, we've had some time to absorb it. We've had some time to uh, think of our, our own thoughts. And uh, here we are discussing issue one, season three, Batman, the adventures continue. And uh, what a great one to start off on. Man, it feels like this has been, it's been so long since we've done a comic review. Right. We were doing them so often just uh, in, in 2021. Yes. Where it felt like if we ever did another comic review again, it would be too soon. Yes. But now there's been such a, a layoff. We Our last comic review was when Justice League Infinity wrapped up mm-hmm. in January of 2022. It is now January of 2023. We went a whole year without any tie-in comics to the DCAU. <laughs> um, but this one, I'd say, uh, has made it worth the wait because uh, we are kicking off with a banger, as the kids used to say. Uh, it is a... It is a, uh, it's a, we're red hot out of the gate here, picking up some threads that we left off from season two of Batman, the adventures continue. And it goes without saying there's going to be spoilers. We're going to be discussing Mm -hmm. the plot here for the, uh, for the latest issue. If this will prevent you from going out and purchasing this copy, we beg of you to stop right now because uh, it is worth your, your couple bucks to go out and buy this issue or buy it digitally, uh, read it, enjoy it because this, truly feels like an authentic trip back to uh, the Batman, the animated series world in so many different ways, as we'll talk about here as we go kind of go through the, the story that's being told here. Uh, Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, of course, back writing this issue. And then, uh, of course, best friend of the show, Monica Kubina and uh, and friend of the program, also qu- quickly becoming second best friend of the show, <laughs> Jordan Gibson, uh, also uh, worked on this uh, with with letters from Josh uh, Josh Reed. So we have some great interior artwork. Um, and uh, while we've known about this for for some time that this was in in the pipeline, mm-hmm. it took a little bit longer to get here. But it 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 made it all that much sweeter when we finally got it in hand this week. I'd say. 
Absolutely. Yeah. A little, a little backstory. Uh, No, no telling on who our sources were, but we were aware that this was coming out for darn near 10 months Mm -hmm. and uh, we were just kind of waiting and waiting. So when it was finally solicited last uh, October or so, and we knew it was coming out, we were really excited. Um, So just absolutely excited to get into this story. Muscle Out is the name of the story. You already gave the credits of our, our writers and artists and colorists and letterers. So uh, we jump right in, Cal. We'll, we'll talk about the story first, and then uh, we'll go back and kind of chat about our, our favorite uh, our favorite parts when it comes to the art. And then uh, we'll actually be kicking to a, uh, uh, an interview that we, that we recorded as well with the artist of this very comic, Jordan Gibson, uh, to close us out this week. So uh, you, can, uh, you can look forward to that. But yeah, as we kick it off, we are, we're starting out with this character that we met in season two in a previous in the previous issue, the first issue that uh, that Jordan and uh, and Monica did together uh, back in season two, issue four, and uh, he's uh, he's in prison after the events of that comics after he had tried to kill uh, Montoya and, and her partner, and uh, the problem is even though he's in prison, uh, when you're uh, when you're like a mob guy, when you're uh, when you're an assassin and you you have that much dirt on the underworld <laughs> of Gotham City. Uh, prison really isn't good enough. So not a safe place for you. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, right from the, the very first page of the issue, as, as, uh, as the muscle is getting out of the shower, uh, we, we see that uh, none other than Killer Croc is here to try to, uh, to collect on the bounty that's been placed on his head. And, uh, and we see very quickly that, uh, that things are, are not, uh, not safe in, uh, in Blackgate for, uh, for uh, for Mr. Delgado as as, as his uh, civilian identity is, but thankfully, Batman uh, comes in very quickly to save the day, having been sort of made aware of uh, that there was going to be an attempt on uh, on the muscle's life, and Batman saves the day, even though the uh, the muscle himself is not uh, not particularly happy or doesn't believe he needed the help. But uh, as we're introduced to uh, first of what are quite a few returning uh, kind of surprise little fun cameos where we have uh, the return of D.A. Van Dorn, Janet Van Dorn. I always want to call her Janet Van Dyne because that's uh, the wasp's, wasp's name. Um, but yes, Janet Van Dorn that's right. is, is here returning from, uh, of course, you know, we haven't covered it yet in the show, but from the, the legendary episode trial and mm-hmm. a few other appearances, she's here. And uh, she's looking to get the muscle to cut a deal to take on some extra protection in exchange for his uh, his cooperation and testimony uh, to put some of these mob bosses that he's worked for uh, behind bars as well. Yeah, and uh, let's just say he's not all that cooperative, uh, <laughs> despite uh, Miss Van Dorn's pleas and uh, and her pointing out the fact that there have been multiple attempts on his life. Uh, he is not uh, not very cooperative, and then uh, we actually get the the uh, the introduction of the who they believe could be uh, his p- potentially someone that is looking to off him, and that is a, a new character introduced for uh, for this comic, but uh, who is related to someone that we are are well aware of, that being Miss Estra Valestra, which is a great 100. what a great Batman villain name, <laughs> Esther Valestra. Mm-hmm. Uh, Esther Valestra, uh, of course, the daughter of Sal Valestra, who if you uh, you know longtime Batman animated series fans might recognize that name mm-hmm. because uh, he was of course in Mask of the Phantasm. That's right. Uh, so. Uh, 
we we learn, of course, that he was one of the the oldest crime mob mob bosses in Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, in Mask of the Phantasm. This being his daughter, and uh, so we learn that uh, he has some dirt on her, and she's probably. Uh, out for his uh, for his life at this point to keep him quiet and sh- they're looking for information to potentially for him to stool on her uh, and uh, and offer him a deal him being muscle uh, the muscle and if he's willing to cooperate they can see cutting him a deal uh, but uh, despite that uh, he's not interested and we are introduced uh, to another interesting character who plays a, a rather large role in this uh, this issue and that is this priest reverend justice meadows he's the uh, he's the prison chaplain he notes that uh, that he's been working with delgado and that he believes that delgado is sort of on this path uh, that he can help uh, through redeem this character, which you gotta love that. That's a classic mm-hmm. Batman villain trope that that Batman tends to tends to lean towards. But uh, Batman doesn't seem that Delgado is uh, is interested. He right off the bat, he doesn't feel that there's even an inkling that uh, that Delgado has any interest in uh, in sort of reforming here. But the Reverend continues to. Uh, to to disagree with Batman and feel that he's treating him a little bit unfairly. But uh, Bat- Batman sort of makes a rough exit as he recognizes that uh, perhaps the, the Reverend is being a bit naive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I-, I love this little panel when uh, we talk about this I'm, here. I'm glad you pointed it out because <laughs> I wanted to, yeah, I definitely wanted to highlight this because, uh, yeah, as Batman's sort of storming out, uh, you know, not believing that, that, uh, that Delgado can change, uh, the Reverend asks Commissioner Gordon, well, if, you know, if he believes that, if he believe, feels that negatively, about uh, about this guy why did he save his life in the first place and uh and and gordon just says that's his curse mm-hmm. you know that uh, that's that's the code of of who batman is and you know not to start any <laughs> flame wars with uh with snyder fans or anything but that's i think a pretty important part of the core of who batman is is that and has been for a very long time right <laughs> it isn't just exclusive to this show and and I, I love I love seeing that inclusion though of of that. It's not it's not just that he doesn't kill. He has to actively protect life, even life he doesn't he doesn't uh, you know see as uh, you know as a good person. He still he still values life so much that he will. And so it's just a couple throwaway lines, but you know, great a great little uh, flavor and, and character uh, building for from uh, from Mr. Dini and Mr. Burnett there. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, as we as we continue through the plot here, as uh, as Delgado is being led away after declining to be cooperative, uh, it is Detective Montoya that escorts him back to his cell, and it's very interesting. Uh, he's very surprised to see her there, especially as we mentioned from mm-hmm. the season two happenings that first introduced us to this mus- the muscle character. Uh, he was hired to kill Detective Montoya and her mm-hmm. partner, as mm-hmm. we, we mentioned. So. Uh, he's a bit taken aback that she happened to be there, but not only is she there uh, to sort of observe the proceedings, she is attempting her very best to persuade Delgado to to turn state's witness. Essentially, mm-hmm. she's willing to put her 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 reputation on the line uh, in front of a judge. Uh, to 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 speak out uh, for in favor of Delgado and to speak favorably of him should he choose to uh, to to help the uh, the state out in their their pursuit of uh, of Miss Valestra. So mm-hmm. 
Um, she again attempts to persuade him, but it doesn't, doesn't seem like he's, uh, he's, he's immediately making a decision. And then we get uh, the next scene where he kind of has this uh, heart to heart with the, uh, the Reverend justice that we were just introduced to uh, moments before. That's right. And, uh, you know, he, he's kind of, again, questioning that, you know, why would Montoya be willing to testify on his behalf, considering what he put her through and, and, uh, and the Reverend is trying to convince him that, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, do have forgiveness in their heart, even for these terrible things and still sort of under protest, uh, uh, Delgado reluctantly agrees that he's going to take the deal and he tells the Reverend to, uh, to let the warden know and uh, from there we cut to maybe this is just such a fun, fun sequence and a fun, like just a <laughs> Batman villain thing, uh, which is that we, as the, the previously mentioned Esther Valestra is, is, ha- is serving dinner, holding court with some of the other uh, big names in the Gotham underworld. And we have uh, none other than the penguin Rupert Thorne mm-hmm. and, uh, and a uh, black mask who uh, we did briefly see in season two in uh, in I believe issue three, uh, mm-hmm. the the Jazz Man issue uh, drawn by Rick Rick Burchett. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we see him return there along with, as we said, Oswald and and Thorne, and they're all sort of discussing that this this uh, Delgado cannot be allowed to testify that he has dirt on all of them, and it would be bad for them. And we get a little bit of a, a twist, and and this is kind of the end of where we of uh, this little uh, brain trust for this issue mm-hmm. i'm really hoping we see more of this uh, this this season but uh, we see that uh, miss Velestra, the the apple perhaps doesn't fall, fall far from the tree as she is uh she's really uh, she's she's letting the the other gentleman know not to, not to worry about this because she'll be she'll be taking care of uh of uh, of the muscle before he can ever possibly testify that's right uh, so that we are we are then taken to the bat cave where alfred and batman are discussing that uh that uh, Delgado will be moved and uh, there'll be some sort of uh, essentially uh, basically it's the scene in Batman be are uh, in uh, the dark night where, mm-hmm. where the police are escorting uh, a, a super villain and, uh, and Alfred is concerned as to whether or not Batman will be a part of this procession. And uh, he, he notates that while he isn't invited, he'll likely be keeping an eye on the situation. Uh so we get Batman out on the town as as Delgado is being transferred, and uh, we get a, a full procession of of Batman the animated series vehicles, and we learn that uh, well, the the Reverend <laughs> did indeed promise his help to Delgado, and he did so in, in maybe some underhanded, not so priestly ways, and uh, he hid a it looks like a uh, some sort of device to help uh, pick his locks in his cross necklace. Uh, so as the procession goes, uh, we see that uh, there's there's of course an attack that happens. What else happens <laughs> when a police procession go, right. goes goes on? Uh, but uh, there's a, a full blown attack there, likely led by uh, by Miss Valestra as they've decided to take out uh, the uh, the procession of a, a transport. I, say, I think I think there's a sly uh, Arkham Arkham game reference in here. Really, as to when the uh, when the Batmobile screeches into into the frame, and uh, we see one of the thugs realize that he shouts, "It's the freaking bat!" Which is <laughs> a line. If you played Arkham City, you heard that line three trillion times. So, there you go. 
maybe a coincidence, but of course, Paul Dini, also the writer on uh, on that game. So wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if that was a little uh, there you go, little sly Easter egg there. But yes, we get some some action there as Batman takes down some of the uh, the assassins and and goes to uh, protect uh, protect Renee as there's another explosion. And uh, it appears to Batman and Montoya that, in fact, uh, the explosion took Delgado's life. But uh, the next few panels, it's very clear that that's not the case. And in fact, uh, Delgado is uh, is quite well and is back in his costume as the muscle, thanks to none other than uh, this Stonegate chaplain, the Reverend uh, Reverend Justice. Uh, he is uh, he is, in fact, uh, uh, orchestrated all of this and. Uh, in fact, collected a, a fee from uh, from the muscle for his help, and he lets the muscle know he's actually gotten about double <laughs> that that fee as he took the took the money from the muscle and then immediately uh, took a little extra money from uh, none other than Esther Valestra to trap him. It's and a double double cross. It's a double triple cross. Dogs and cats living together, and we actually find out who facilitated this uh, trap as he sort of. Uh, you know, he's standing in a small room and then these bars drop from the ceiling and we find out that the the locksmith, the warden of this new prison that the muscle finds himself in is none other. And what a freaking great idea <laughs> to bring in lockup from, of course, the the titularly titled animated series episode and not really a lot of appearances even in tie-in media since mm -hmm. lockup has uh, has also taken some money from the mob and he is preparing to off the muscle when uh, thankfully uh, Batman arrives and it's time for this sort of strange, strange bedfellows uh, three-way fight. And uh, at the end, as Batman must pr both protect the muscle and try to take down lockup uh, and kind of also fight the muscle at the same time, <laughs> it, it creates this really uh, dramatic final uh, fight. And, you know, lockup has these drones. We'll talk about a lot more of this when we talk about the art, but you know, we get our big fight. Lockup has these these drones, and Batman and the Muscle are dealing with those. It actually looks like uh, the Muscle can get away, and that uh, that Batman might be in in quite a bit of trouble here. But at the last minute, uh, the Muscle himself actually decides to save Batman's life, and uh, and we set up this sort of big final <laughs> final dramatic confrontation between the three. And uh, as uh, as uh, Batman is able to to grab the muscle and save him while uh, while Lockup has a bit of a fall. Yeah, is um, he? Do you think he's uh, survived that fall? I hope so. <laughs> his eyes are closed. Uh -huh. His mouth is open. We don't we don't get the uh, the keep alive groans that we would have gotten in uh, <laughs> if this were an actual animated episode. But, That's right. Uh, but yeah, uh, to to wrap things up, as uh, as Batman also he ends up saving the muscle from the fall, so mm -hmm. we know that uh, he'll be he is alive. We know mm -hmm. the muscle is alive, and and Batman makes a point of notating that uh, the muscle, in fact, will be testifying as he agreed to after all. And uh, yeah, so uh, we we get uh, <laughs> we get uh, we get what maybe was the most surprising reveal of the entire comic, mm -hmm. which had multiple reveals in it. 
uh, but we get uh, we get Batman offering him additional ways uh, to perhaps avoid a more serious sentence, mm-hmm. as his deal with uh, with the DA was likely off the table at this point since he attempted to escape. Batman offers him uh, a potential other sentence that might override what a local state's mm-hmm. uh, state's district attorney would would be able to offer him, uh, maybe something from the federal level. So we get uh, we get the shot of uh, of him apparently. Delgado took said deal. We get him uh, being administered a shot right in the back of his neck, mm-hmm. interestingly there. And uh, we we get a, a reveal of the person that was behind this uh, this this needle shot being none other than Amanda Waller. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Looking completely uh, straight out of Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. and uh, with a with a welcome to the muscle to task force x and that is how our 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 issue ends um man what a what a what a way to kick off season three am i right absolutely like we said there's so many fun like we said the new characters like miss Velestra, like uh you know like and seeing some of the older characters you know uh, another look at this this version of black mask and some old favorites like rupert thorne lockup you know even the, the croc and penguin there's a lot of fun callbacks you know this kind of working as a, a sequel to that first story um which again we'll talk about in in, in the when we talk about the art but uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit with jordan too about 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 their process for for doing uh you know for approaching this versus the the first uh, the second season uh, issue with uh, with the muscle in it but it's also just a great story like well for what the reasons we talked about both for even in the midst of it being mostly focused on the muscle and this reverend uh, character more so maybe than Batman, we still get moments from Batman and Montoya for that matter about what separates them from, you know, the rest of the, the filth in Gotham city and Mm -hmm. their refusal to just let this guy die and let him kind of resign himself to this fate of eventually someone's gonna, gonna succeed and take him out and, giving him every chance to uh, to do the right thing right down to the end. And, and even though yeah, he doesn't get the deal due to his escaping and then trying to join up with this, uh, this reverend to get out of town, uh, he still agrees to testify. And, and Batman, I guess, because, because he came back to save Batman at the last minute, uh, Batman sort of uh, does it, it, as much as uh, joining the Suicide Squad or Task Force X can be thought of as a reward, it is something where Batman, who had previously been pretty bullish in the issue on the idea of him being able to change at all, uh, kind of does see him when he comes back to save him at the end of the issue. He does kind of extend the olive branch and throw them throw him a bone there. So I like even in the midst of this being a you know kind of a fun you know mob thriller you know you know guns and explosions and and super villains and all of that we also have these kind of smaller character beat moments for for batman and, and to a lesser extent montoya as well yeah absolutely and and i i love the the poetry of batman again him him being thoroughly convinced that the muscle was not going to be cooperative or that mm-hmm. you know regardless of what was offered uh, that there was not going to be uh, much opportunity for redemption. His the curse that Jim Gordon talks about, Batman having this curse of saving not not just killing the villains, being 
able to give them the opportunity to rehabilitate or redeem themselves. In this instance, it actually ends up, despite Batman believing a less than zero chance <laughs> um, of this happening, it actually surprisingly works at the end because regardless, again, and I guess the debate could be whether or not Task Force X is an opportunity for somebody to redeem themselves, seeing as how they're being forced right. <laughs> forced into doing whatever whatever work the government is doing. But it for the quote-unquote greater good, ultimately the muscle is doing more than he could have in if Batman had simply killed him. Right. Or if, if anybody else had simply killed him. Right. So... Um, yeah, I, I do love that. And it's, it, it plays around in that, that, that gray area of whether or not this is better than him being a, a hired assassin or not. Now he's just a hired assassin for the government, essentially. Right. But, but the, that, that debate can be had by other people. But I do love that and uh, that, that it plays out. And as you mentioned, like the, the mob aspect of it and, and you know, some of, the, some of the, the more familiar things that you, that you would feel in a Batman the animated series episode while mm-hmm. still being able to tie it into the greater, larger DCAU with having Amanda Waller at the end. Like, Absolutely. Um, and I think some of, the, some of the complaints that people have had about uh, the first two seasons of, of The Adventures Continue were that it, it didn't feel like a continuation of the, the series. It felt like adjacent or mm-hmm. like it was, it was just playing around with some of the same character designs while not necessarily right. being authentic. This even though you're dealing with a character that didn't ever appear in the animated series with the muscle, you have different aspects of it that make it feel like true to Batman animated series Mm -hmm. and true to the DCAU with this little tie in at the end. So, so much fun had, I think for, in my opinion, for, for those, those aspects of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was just like, like we said, it's, it's, it's got a little bit of everything. I think, like you said, if you're, if you're just, if you just like Batman stories in generally, I think it's fun. If you've been reading this series all the way through, I think it's fun because of the callbacks again to that, that previous issue and some of those characters that we see come back. And then obviously, as, as, as you said, Cal, if you're a fan of the DCAU as a whole, if you know where these characters go after new Batman adventures and you, you think about Justice League and JLU and things like that, uh, seeing that, that kind of tie in in a fun way and again, it's not just a, let's throw that in as a cameo for cameo's sake. It makes not sense. Not a remember this guy right. moment. Right. right. And that's and that's one of the things I think the, that's been maybe my favorite part of these uh, these Adventures Continues books is especially considering it it started out as, you know, something of a toy tie-in. <laughs> right. And it felt like some of that stuff was getting shoehorned in in, in the first uh, in the first season, certainly. Uh, whereas here it feels like, hey, we're, we're not only are we creating new characters, but we're bringing back some characters that maybe didn't get that much of a, a serious look in the new Batman adventures, like a lockup, just again, uh, just a great inclusion um, and, and fun to see him in there and, and to see see characters like that who we never really saw again after their initial appearance and like a Rupert Thorne or somebody, like I said, I really crossing my fingers that we get more of that uh, like mob uh, round table stuff sort of pulling the strings throughout the the rest of the season we'll have to wait and see as we uh we go forward to the rest of the season but baseless uh, speculation maybe esther valestra hires uh some other assassins or, mm. or people that uh, maybe have appeared in prior prior seasons you know maybe a death stroke gets mm-hmm. hired 
Um, we maybe. do have those plot points floating out there. That would be, it would be fun to tie those in. We didn't mention it, but this at one point was advertised as the final season mm-hmm. uh, in one of the solicits, I believe. But then since then, everything that I've seen has, has listed it as quote unquote, the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of remains to be seen whether or not this is the final season yes. or if they're kind of leaving it kind of open-ended mm-hmm. based on how it's received or, you know, how, how yeah. sales are, what happens, what company owns right. Warner Brothers in, <laughs> in yeah, six months. Yeah, that's always the biggest, that's <laughs> always going to be the biggest decider of all of these things. But yeah, I, I would hope they would, you know, they would be open to doing more. I think especially not that they would try to capitalize on that, but I think certainly in the wake of, uh, you know, the passing of Kevin Conroy, there's only going to be more desire and hunger for more stories told in this world. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately with Kevin's passing, we can't really see any more, you know, adventures on the screen uh, Mm -hmm. for the, for the DCAU, but you know, they can, they can certainly live on in these comics, especially when you have people like Alan Burnett and Paul Dini coming on to, you know, to write, or obviously when with the Justice League Infinity comic, you had, uh, you know, James Tucker and J.M. Mateus and, and then so many incredible artists and, uh, you know, who worked on, on, on these books, on the original tie-in books and things like that over the years, and uh, who have such a great pre- appreciation as we'll get to with, uh, with our, our talk with Jordan in a couple minutes here. Um, yeah, I, I certainly hope there's more to see. We know we have at least six more issues after this one to look mm-hmm. forward to. So uh, a lot to play with here and, uh, and some, some fun stuff coming up if you've looked at the solicits for those. But uh, yeah, as, as a first chapter, like I said, I'm, I, I've just loved it as a standalone story, but I'm definitely excited to see if, uh, if, if Miss Velestra is back, if we see some adventures, I believe the solicits for issue three does uh, mention task force x so mm-hmm. i would assume we will see uh, the return of uh, of the muscle and and you always wonder who's going to be on that team mm-hmm. uh, as well as are we going to see the the rick flag captain boomerang team from the justice league episode are we going to get some other inclusions harley we know plays a big role in next the next oh, yeah. issue uh, done by friend of the show kevin altieri absolutely uh, so we we got a little preview of that on our, our bonus episode that we did with him uh, right around Christmas time. So mm-hmm. if you didn't check that out, check that out in the archives. Absolutely. But we know that Task Force X and, and Harley Quinn go hand in hand Absolutely. in certain iterations. So that could be, and I think it was mentioned maybe in one of the, uh, I believe didn't in she the, have friends from work over at, yes. at her holiday party in, yes. in season and, one. And there was the, um, there's also the, and again, whether or not Paul Dini, I don't believe Paul Dini wrote that but there were tie-in books for uh for the batman and harley quinn movie that i believe also involved mm-hmm. amanda waller and and some of the the task force x characters so uh mm-hmm. could could be interesting to see if if harley ties in more directly with that and and some of the things some of the options they have with uh you know a dead shot and some of those characters bringing mm-hmm. them back would obviously be very exciting but uh but yeah we have a, a lot to look forward to and a lot to uh, debaselessly speculate on <laughs> uh, which is one of our favorite things to do when uh, when we get a first issue of one of these books to talk about yeah ab- absolutely uh, you want to want to move on to talking about some artwork here before we bring jordan in absolutely and uh, like i said well the the technical aspects of it jordan does a great job of breaking down their process on it very excited to uh, to get to that but just overall um, we've talked about this at the time you, Cal, coined, uh, <laughs> coined uh, Jordan and, and of course, uh, best friend of the show, Monica Cabina, as the colorist, as uh, the, the world's finest uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> artist and colorist duo. And it's, it's just brilliant. 
Um, and, and we certainly talked to Jordan a lot about how, uh, about how he blended the, uh, the old Batman, the animated series style, the dark deco style with uh, this modern, more modern TNBA style. But again, there's just so many, you know, especially when you get into the action sequences at the end with the explosions and the bright reds and oranges. And, mm-hmm. and you think of, uh, you know, there's, there's a few panels, uh, you know, that, uh, that really stick out. The opening fight with uh, with Croc is, uh, is 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 tremendous fun. I I love the the lighting and the coloring in that that mob round table scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's just perfect. And then yes, there's uh, there's I think there's one panel in particular uh, that uh, stands out when Batman's uh, overseeing the transfer. That it's like if neil adams and bruce tim had a baby <laughs> like it's because i feel like there's a lot of shots of or even like a todd mcfarland batman i feel mm-hmm. like there's always silhouette and a big you know the big moon behind them and 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 that you know the bright red sky of, of that you know that we saw in the new batman adventures behind him just just incredible stuff and then the you know the final the final fight with with lockup coming in is such a is such a hoot as well uh but uh, what what stood out for you as far as uh as uh, art. Well, we'll talk about it in just a minute. And, uh, you know, some of the things that we liked with when we have Jordan uh, talk about it, it from his, from his perspective of, of how everything came together. But um, other than the fact that this feels authentically down to the details of cross hatching and some of the, the way that the, the backgrounds look mm-hmm. and feel as if this was taken directly from a Batman the animated series you know they talked about the Eric Radomski dark deco was the was mm-hmm. the, the coined term that they used uh, when when they did the original Batman the animated series where they would take this black paper and and they would color on top of that and that's how the show retained so much of its character of darkness mm-hmm. and night and um, became the signature for yeah. for that for that series uh, uh, Jordan did an incredible job of translating that to this comic book in so many of the different panels if you just if you look at individual panels up close you can see you know that that cross hatching and that it, it looks essentially like it, it looks like coloring on top of dark paper mm-hmm. he's able to get that effect translated over uh, to this but I would say you know best friend of the show Monica Kubina did an incredible job but also adapting to that you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of times um, her work stands out as these bright rich deep red colors especially when she's working working with with uh, you know Ty Templeton especially mm-hmm. earlier on in those in those issues from season one and, and a couple of the ones from season two that they're rich they're bright they retain that sort of new Batman adventures feel mm-hmm. this I felt like she went with a, a a different color palette there's a lot of darker blues and mm-hmm. and it feels colder darker mm-hmm. she adapted such an incredible way to that that more classic bitas style mm-hmm. that jordan went with um so we do get a, a cooler colder darker uh issue there's definitely the the the, the deep red skies of gotham but mm-hmm. there's some some darkness even within those it's not the stark red that we're mm-hmm. used to i was gonna um, say if i could tell you maybe maybe one of my single favorite favorite panels and maybe not one that would stand out to a lot of people it's this shot where, as we mentioned, the, when the Reverend sort of reveals his double cross of mm-hmm. he's holding up his 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 bank balance on his phone <laughs> and uh, he's got this kind of real sinister smile on his face. He kind of half of his face is cut off by the edge of the, of the panel. Mm-hmm. And it's just him. It's just this very sort of grayish blue mm-hmm. uh, light shining on him as he sort of revealed his sinister plan. And it's 
it's just great because you know for the rest of the issue he's got this very warm smile on his face so when he he takes that more menacing turn and all of a sudden he's in this dark uh, you know shadow shadowy way with this real real you know uh s eating grin on his face uh-huh. as he's as he's revealing his trap i just think that is such a perfect shot and it does and again like you said like so many of these panels they feel like something right out of the uh right out of the animated series and well as we talked to with jordan when we did our our review with him uh back back in the archives if you want to his silicon soul last year Mm -hmm. uh was a was a great great uh, great episode to check out but he talked about how this show meant so much to him and Mm -hmm. clearly there was a lot of research done in and capturing that feel but um you know the the dark element is something that is throughout the entire comic book there's so much shadow used there's so much more of the shadow play than we're we're typically used to i'd say i I think other artists uh, including mr templeton do do their version of that but this feels so much truer to those original vitas episodes in that if you go back and watch especially the original broadcast versions of those or you Mm -hmm. know some of the before they got cleaned up and hd'd those shows are so dark yes it's you know it's so dark and so grainy um but jordan did such an incredible job of capturing that and like i said monica you know she's even put it out on her social media about having to adapt to different styles and she's she's done an incredible job Mm -hmm. of adapting going from you know ty templeton to rick burkett to you know to 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 jordan we know that she put out on her social media the process as she's been Mm -hmm. going through working with kevin altieri's pencils very different artists all working in the same medium with different styles that she has to adapt to and I feel like every time it's it's asked of her to adapt to a different style, man, she just knocks it out of the park. Everything still, you know, the colors still pop. The it's still um, it still feels like the the same the same uh, universe, mm-hmm. regardless of who the artist is. And uh, you know, I can't imagine that's an that's an easy task to to have to adapt to the way that you just color something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how she she does with with Kevin's pencils for next issue. And, Absolutely. Um, I, I again, World's Finest is, is continues <laughs> to be my my moniker for her and Jordan yeah, to get working let, together. Yeah, let's let us, let us brag on our friend for a moment. She's <laughs> she's immeasurably talented. Yep. And, uh, and one of the one of the coolest people you'll ever meet. So um, very, uh, very excited. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Monica, if you're listening, we're just going to put you on the spot now. Uh, we'd <laughs> like to have her on uh, for something similar to what we did with Jordan today, where we just we just get to pick her brain about uh, one of the issues as we're uh, as it's coming out, as we're reviewing it. So hopefully we can set that up sometime in the next. Uh, like we said, we got uh, at least six more issues mm-hmm. to uh, to go here so we'd love to have her on to uh, to pick her brain about her process certainly when it comes to uh, to working with uh, at least so far three different uh pencilers or uh, uh-huh. artists the this uh the, on this series in particular so i'm sure that's uh that's going to be uh like you said a, a challenge and uh, and one that i'm sure she's she's very capable of rising to uh so definitely looking forward to uh, hopefully having monica back on uh, soon as well absolutely uh, last thing i'll mention is there is a a of course with this comes the different variant covers um as there are each and every uh each and every time they've they've done these it seems like there's four or five different covers for each and every issue but uh some of the coolest things that they decided to do with this uh with 
with this season was we have one particular artist who's been tasked with doing covers that are homages to the title cards mm-hmm. and uh the title card for this one for muscle out as the as as uh, as it's the issue is called is uh, another spectacular one uh let's, let's talk a little bit just about their 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 choice and, and how they do things and, and what we have coming from them. Yeah. So we have to thank uh, Hayden Sherman, who will be doing these title card variants for every issue. Uh, really, uh, really just a great kind of stark, uh, sim- a, sim- a simple one, but it works very well. Again, especially once you've read the story, we just see sort of a, a silhouette of, of Delgado standing in front of a mirror and he has that cross <laughs> around his neck. You wouldn't think it, think anything of it when, if you're just looking mm-hmm. at the, the issue, which again, plays into that classic title card thing so many of the title cards give you little sneak peeks or you know Mm -hmm. tell you a little bit of the story that's going to come and make sense when you go back and watch or re-watch it but yeah it's interesting looking at that one and seeing the seeing the cross necklace and how prominent not only it containing the the thing that allowed him to escape but of course the the relationship with the uh the priest and and how the priest Mm -hmm. ends up being such a big player in the issue it's uh is is very sneaky very very great job so great yeah great job by uh by hayden sherman on there uh you you can follow them on instagram at clean lined so uh be sure to check it out the he he likes to post a lot of uh, in progress work uh not only for these color covers but for a lot of his other work uh, on covers and interiors throughout the dc and marvel so really talented and and super cool and of course our our a cover done by uh by a legend another legendary dc artist kevin nolan on there just batman raining down on some of the various rogues gallery of gotham city so that's a that's a fun one as well so uh, yeah, great, uh, great work by our, our cover artist this month. And, uh, and from there, Cal, uh, it's time for the main event here on, uh, on the broadcast here. We've had a lot of fun talking about it, but let's talk to one of the professionals. In fact, Jordan Gibson, it will be joining us as mentioned, the artist on this issue. Of course, he has previously worked on Batman, the Avengers Continue season two, as well as the, uh, the tis the season to be freezing holiday story. Um, which is just a, a, an all-time instant classic from the moment that hit stands. Um, and we, we got to, to, to pick their brain about their, uh, their influences and, and what they brought to this issue as far as character designs and, and just their overall process. So very excited to throw it over to ourselves as we, <laughs> uh, as we interview and chat with Jordan about Batman The Adventures Continues Season 3, Issue 1. All right, Liam. So we are here with our special guest correspondent who just happens to be the featured artist on this, uh, this issue of uh, Batman, The Adventures Continue, Season 3, artist extraordinaire, friend of the show, Jordan Gibson. Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Oh, man. Oh, super ex- yeah, super excited to, to get you back on. Appreciate you making time for us and uh, and uh, yeah, let's let's nerd out a little bit about <laughs> about this stuff. All right, so we're gonna start off with a hot question here. We knew for some time here uh, that this was this was in the books. We couldn't say anything. We didn't say anything. Um, yeah. But we had some sources that gave us some information that said that this was this was coming. So that and that was uh, probably nine ten months ago. So. Yeah. Uh, what was it like to finally see this come out in print and uh, on a, on the shelves this week? Oh man, I mean, it's great. I you know, boy, I put a lot of work into this one in particular too, just because I was like, 
oh, I hope it looks good again. I hope we can make another one that's cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> I got well, a little... I think I can speak for Liam and and fans of the DCAU and saying uh, mission accomplished. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure why there was such a lead time because Monica and I were confused about that, but mm -hmm. um, it ended up working for me for, for my issue because I got a little more time to just get everything where I wanted it to be and... Uh, design everybody there are a couple of like i i wasn't sometimes you forget to factor in like design time to like figure out stuff like that and especially with some of the characters that were in here it's like okay i really want to make sure i can give them the right vibe to translate them over to the other show mm -hmm. but uh yeah yeah it was man it has been feels like it's been about five years since <laughs> 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 but yeah i left it all in the pages so <laughs> i mean as i was gonna say it show I, and we were gonna ask and you already kind of touched on the designs a little bit but uh what were the kind of the the main differences and similarities between how you approached this issue versus uh either the holiday special or going back to your issue in season two yeah so um i guess just because for me it felt like up to that point i some in some ways it felt like a fluke and i think there was like <laughs> i just like put a lot of time into like studying all the artists i wanted to look at and like trying to figure out other dudes that all those guys were inspired by that i hadn't really touched upon yet mm -hmm. um so i got like really into uh all the ec comics guys um and like because the guys who also went on they would do like mad and stuff mm -hmm. um alex toth was huge and i just like bought everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's incredible we just had kevin altieri on the show and he mentioned how toth was such a such a pivotal part of his design yeah. style the irony kevin obviously taking over for issue two in this series and being such an incredible influence, I mean, incredible totally. part of the original show. So it's kind of full circle here. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's our George Lucas, it's poetry, it rhymes. Yeah, from it's our show. <laughs> he, yeah, you know, the more I like studied it and stuff, it, it's pretty clear that that he is such a huge influence uh, for all those guys. And it, you know, it makes sense that their comics are incredible. Mm -hmm. um, what else did I look at? Uh, just God, pretty. I don't know what. Also, what else did I not look at? Is kind of. How I, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at every every Batman Adventures comic I could find that was cool, or Darwin Cook, or Glenn Murakami. I was looking at everybody, just trying to, just for nailing down like design stuff too. So. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Kevin also mentioned in our interview that you don't name the like the bad artists. So of course you're just going to be like, yeah, all yeah. the good Batman artists were the ones. Well, that everybody in the DCAU is is pretty awesome when it comes to the tie-in comics. So yeah, I was looking at pretty much everybody in there. Uh, another big thing too, um, I I did a little reference at the time, but um, Hitchcock which I know Kevin and other guys have also mm -hmm. mentioned before, Hitchcock is huge, mm -hmm. huge influence. Um, and I just went back and watched a ton of them uh, this 
uh, last November into December. And it was like, oh yeah, man, you can, even like there's stuff where you're like, cause there's a bunch that I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I see where they got this and this and this, like it's so much is in there and it's so cool. That's awesome. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, well, speaking of, of what eventually was translated to the page through your artwork, uh, I would say that you, down to the minute details, I was noticing in my, my first look through, uh, you know, read through, that you perfectly captured the dark deco essence of, of what the Batman animated series was known for. Um, what was the process for you uh, as far as like translating that from what we know as the animated style but like stuff like down to the cross hatching that i saw and some of the shading choices that you that you picked like i looked at it and i was like this looks like what they talked about those original drawings were done on the dark paper with oh. the with the bright colors you know what was that process for you like translating what we would see on uh, on in animation to something and being so truthful and faithful to that in a in a 2d comic world yeah um that's because i think for me you know that has always been one of my favorite aspects of vitas too is how dark that show looks but typically the tie-in comics are you know they they're drawn like a regular comic book which is also cool but i was just like i want to make this about like 50 percent more black (laughs) (laughs) and i want to make the gutters all black and anything I can get away with because I feel like so much of it is like what you can pull out of the shadow to like suggest a bigger space or something like that or um more uh I I actually was listening to I'm still so in Batman mode right now (laughs) like I cannot it's not I cannot turn it off Mm -hmm. uh I was listening to um an interview with Eric Rodonsky and he was talking about how like the point of you know and yeah it makes sense like the, the black paper is uh it's like pulling oh where did you say group in pittsburgh or somewhere 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 uh on the east coast but it was about it was like a lot of old buildings and what was what he felt gotham was was like seeing the light on the buildings between all the darkness and stuff mm. it's like yeah that that is what i'm going for too uh, and just also like pulling, like, I love the grain in those shows. And I tried to just get, yeah, as much uh, film grain and stuff and to just try to make it feel, kind of evoke a quality of like the backgrounds in my line art. I would say, again, a huge success. It was the, one of the things Thank that you. I noticed, as you said, like not to take anything away from any of the other fantastic artists totally. that have done that or done tie-in comics before, but as I'm reading through this and I'm reading it on my phone because I couldn't wait to go to the comic <laughs> store to get the actual physical copy. So I'm like looking through it. And even in the digital versions of this, it's like, man, this looks like the show. Mm-hmm. It awesome. looks like this was done on dark paper. And I mean, Monica's colors, incredible totally. on top of it. But yeah. like, this looks so maybe the most authentic to the oh, animated style translation that I that I can say. Yeah, 100%. I I think we touched on this maybe a little bit when we had you on last year. But also, I think what's so fun about it is seeing because the new Batman Adventure show was not really done in that same style. It was done colored a lot more flatly and and brighter and you had brighter Mm -hmm. characters with, you know, the younger Robin. It made sense for the show, but especially for a story like this, where it's, you know, it's the mob and there's twists and turns and it's got that gritty aesthetic. It makes so much sense artistically, I think, to pull that 
influence from the older show back into it, even though we're in this, you know, newer, you know, newer part of the timeline. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that's kind of like the, you know, the more Batman as a property gets away from the animated series, I'm like, the stuff that make this feel the most special and correct to me is the show's focus on noir and like um, the grittiness of like 20th century America and stuff like mob, you need mobsters at Batman. They've mm-hmm. got to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so I was, yeah, so excited. Like both of my issues, both of my big issues have had like a lot of mob focus in. I was like, great, this is great. <laughs> yes. I was actually just watching um, I Am the Night last night. Mm-hmm. Such a good and one. I was like oh I think this one imprinted on me big time especially because I mean I hit a point with these shows too I would just go on you know there's like websites where people will just like screen cap every other second of the episodes mm-hmm. and I that's I use those a lot I would just go through and like pull whatever I thought I could use to make it that much more true to whatever mm-hmm. but there's a, a lot of it froze like all the prison stuff the, the stone gate or black gate stuff in there i was just like take so i was like oh yeah like all of this the vibe in here so anyway very very good love it yeah and uh, and speaking of this we we just briefly touched on as you said it took you a little bit longer on the design side of things because this issue not only do we have new characters for you to design from the reverend to uh to Velestra's daughter to black mask and we're also bringing over some characters from the original VTOS that really hadn't been seen either only a little bit or some cases not at all in this TNBA style. Um, mm-hmm. So talk, talk a little bit about your design process for, uh, for all these kind of new faces that we're seeing or, or old faces reimagined here. Totally. Um, yeah, so the, it's funny, like, God, uh, every time I flip through one of these scripts, I'm always like, okay, who do I get? Who's in here? What are they there? And then like at the end, uh, when lockup showed up, I was like, yes. <laughs> I want some weird polls and like some dudes who only got a little time and then I can do some stuff with them. So I was so psyched. Um, but yeah, for, for, so for lockup, for example, like with him was like, okay, I want to, I want to keep all these pretty close. So they're not, it doesn't feel like jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, and I looked at like, I had my Batman animated book out next to me and looking at all like the, the new villain designs. It's like, okay, well, I'd probably just simplify the color scheme and then just maybe get rid of some stuff that could be seen by the team in the nineties as excess. Like, mm-hmm. I think I got rid of some part of his belt or something and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise I tried to keep it pretty one-to-one. Mm-hmm. um uh black mass was the one i spent the most time on which is funny because he's not you know he's cool that he's in there but i was just so excited to do him yeah. yes uh, <laughs> character who, who didn't appear in the the series at all he's been in some of the tie-in i think he was in, in one of the tie-in comics at some point but yes really did you so what was your influence for that where how did that process go because it feels like you, you were like rubbing your hands together like yes <laughs> i gotta get to put my own fingerprints on this one totally well so i had i initially man i went through so many iterations with this because initially i was like okay well what maybe what i should do is take him back to making him look like the original version because this show would have come out in 1998 or whatever and the skull one wouldn't have been around yet 
so I should try that one. And I was doing images of that. I was looking at, um, yeah, the uh, uh, ties design from the other run and um, his look in Brave and the Bold and just trying to like see if I could find something in between there. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, he was a skull already in the last season in the Jasmine uh, issue. Oh, yeah, okay. And, and I was like, oh, okay. So I, and that was after I had worked on the first design for a while. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that then. <laughs> so then I, uh, and it just felt like uh, when I, I was just flipping through, because I was flipping through all of them too for various things. And I was like, oh yeah, for serious. But um, so yeah, then that went through a lot of permutations. I talked to my friend, uh, Joe Knotis about it, who's also, he's an incredible artist. He's a, always been, he's a big inspiration to me too. Stuff is great. Mm -hmm. He was like, you should just do the Brubaker one. That's so closely associated with the animated series dudes and yeah. Darwin Cook and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that is true anyway. Like that's just the one to do at this point. He's had the longevity of being in a movie and stuff. Mm -hmm. So initially he started to look kind of like Red Skull. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not, it's not his own thing enough. Mm -hmm. And then I basically just tried to like, cause it's basically, it's pretty similar to, um, the design in season two, mm -hmm. I just wanted to give him those white skull eyes because mm -hmm. I thought they made, I like the, I like them. I don't like them on the Joker, but I do think they're really cool. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll give him that. And then I just would like, I looked up like every gross skull head that Bruce or Glenn or whoever had drawn. I was like, okay, uh -huh. they, we gotta get <laughs> jagged teeth in here and a lot of mm -hmm. crinkly lines all over and some dark shadows. And then it kind of just, came out of that mm -hmm. That's awesome. also um from the uh the red hood movie too i was like the way he's written in this issue reminds me of that kind of so i tried to pull just a little bit from that and then kind of make its own thing too i saw a little bit of that in it so i'm glad glad the confirmation was there That's yeah cool. yeah he's 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 really entertaining in that that movie he's great yeah <laughs> yeah he just already was like okay, he's screaming the whole time in this so it's totally yeah. the same type well, of those guys are like the whole movie you're like you got he's this just gotta worry about his blood pressure like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's real <laughs> he's just like on edge and screaming all the time and slamming his fist and you're like oh man this guy's totally yeah <laughs> Yeah, drink some water, lay down. <laughs> well, was there anything else from the process that you that you feel like listeners should hear, or like you know what 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 at the end of the day are you? I feel like when you ask artists if they're happy with the end product, they always uh, it's the George another George Lucas mm -hmm. reference yeah, here. There's not. always something you go back and you're like, oh, I should have done this differently, or this should have been differently done differently. Yeah. But, um, are you satisfied with uh with now that you have it in hand does it does it feel does it feel like a, a completed work it uh, yeah no it's it's you know it's oh there's always stuff even up to the thing even up to turning and i was like oh because after you look at it for so long then you you see through it and you see newer things you're like oh i really i wish i did this a different way and then everyone is like doesn't matter just go it looks good it looks good at this. and i'm like nope it doesn't it's not perfect yet um but uh i'm trying to think if there's any other design stuff for anybody else um uh for, what about sal Valestra's daughter that's a that's yeah. a character okay i was so excited to get to design her i love that we're bringing in 
stuff from Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing. So I'm, I was so psyched. They, in the notes, they asked for someone who looked kind of like Liza Minnelli. Okay. <laughs> and I, so I was sense. like, I was, I drew a couple and then I believe at one point they were like, Paul or Alan was like, can you make it look more like Liza Minnelli? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, sure I can. <laughs> That's great. Oh, that makes perfect sense now. Why? I mean, yes. now that you say that, it's like, yeah, you can't not see Liza Minnelli when you look yeah. at her. Yeah. And I love it. I love that she's just crazy, scary Liza Minnelli as a mob boss. That's so fun. Wow. Um, and then for um, the new DA, uh, I try to keep her basically the same, but I was looking at like all the suits in the new adventures and they're mm-hmm. pretty, they're pretty monotone, pretty basic. Mm-hmm. So I figured, and like, cause that's kind of, for everybody, they would just go, okay, this is gonna be black and gray. For, for <laughs> right. so I was like, okay, we'll keep her, we'll keep her a little, uh, uh, what do you call that thing? Like tie lapel. Yeah, her little tie thing, we'll make that black and then just make her suit gray and stuff. Uh, oh, and then Amanda Waller too, I was like, oh yes. how could I translate her to feel, like what could her clothes look like to feel like uh, TNBA? And I was like, okay, it'd probably just be white and then black underneath too. Mm-hmm. so yeah because if you know i like i love that the show the newer look it's cool how they strip a lot of it down and when it is animated well it looks amazing mm-hmm. uh, i do agree though yeah i wish the the backgrounds were still painted on that black paper yeah. but uh yeah so i was trying to like yeah bring both of those vibes together to see what we could get out of it a herculean task to say the least and again we'll keep we'll keep complimenting you just tremendous. <laughs> like i couldn't have been more happy with this it was oh, like you, even if we don't get any more like task force x stuff later on down the down the line like that was just yeah tie that in together it's like yes this yeah. is really the dcau i was so excited to get to do that too uh, i was referencing specific you can't even see it because it's like th- that's the other thing too is like i try to plan on my word balloons i never make them big enough so there's always stuff that is you lose but uh yeah there's like a night where i was like drawing that little uh area where he was getting his injection i like looked at the movies and i was like okay how can i make this thing look like it's from the dc the just the injection thing from Mm -hmm. like that's the level i was putting i was like okay the (laughs) screen here is cool i'm gonna put the screen in here where you can see the implant in his head i saw anyway but (laughs) (laughs) we love we love the nerdiness so good Yeah. yeah Um, on a more, on a more somber note, uh, we, uh, we did want to touch on the fact that, um, of course we lost the great Kevin Conroy within the last yeah. Yeah, couple months here. And obviously huge influence. There would be no Vitas without Kevin Conroy. It would not, Absolutely. um, but one of the, I think the most incredible things, it wasn't even our art and we like know you through yeah. Twitter and, and, right. uh, and Instagram, but like, we were proud to see that they Absolutely. happened to use your artwork for the yeah. print tribute for Kevin Conroy across uh, all the DC books. Talk a little bit about what it was like for you, someone who, you know, if you listen to our episode where we had you on to do the review, you talked about how seminal Batman the animated series was for you growing up. Yeah. What was it like seeing them use your artwork as, as the tribute for, for the late Kevin Conroy? It, it was crazy. I had no idea they were going to do it. I just woke up one day on Twitter and I saw that that had been posted. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird because it was like, God, I am so honored that it's that it's me, that they're, this is the DC 
official thing they're running mm -hmm. but it's also bittersweet because it's like oh yeah this piece is pretty perfect for it but i wasn't planning on it to be but it is kind of the same thing it's like batman is wistfully thinking about his past and that's what we're all doing right now yeah so Absolutely. yeah i i went to the i, I ran to uh the store and picked up um the next issue of audio adventures just to see it was like i gotta see it in something before because mine came out next week mm -hmm. and yeah very surreal very surreal but i yeah I, i'm so honored i i got to show it to him uh he visited austin uh this past year and i got to meet him which actually um really helped because mm. i got to, like it was it was uh him and uh Diane Pershing, um, John Glover, and uh yeah, man, and uh Adrian Barbeau. Oh wow. And I you know the I met um both Kevin and Lauren like a couple of years ago and that was huge to me, but just to have like even more cast members, I was like, geez, well, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And I I got there to the panel like right as it was starting i was walking into uh this this through this hallway and you could already hear kevin's voice <laughs> and i was like oh man here we go and you go in there and yeah it was it was amazing because i just got to see him being so cool and personable and uh you know he's kind of leading the talk with everybody and he had to talk about his comic that came out too and that was really cool and really special mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah it, but it's it's been a lot of uh a lot of heavy emotions with it but you know ultimately just happy to have been able to pay tribute to him at all because he's the best absolutely well, awesome i say if i could ask one parting question is there a single page or panel from the newest issue that's like this is this is my magnum opus or this is the best thing in there for you <laughs> uh that's a well, let me see. Oh, the other thing I, I need, the, I was thinking of other artists too. Mm -hmm. um, other guys I was looking at, I was looking at, especially because I was working on it right around the time that Neil Adams had passed. Oh, I, yeah. I got to go look at this guy. I, I've already, I was already a big fan of his work and I've looked at those issues before, but it's like, what can I pull in here? So like I tried him and, and Marshall Rogers were the two seventies mm. uh, uh, artists where I was like, you know these are the guys clearly these are the guys that inspired everybody here mm -hmm. um so it was like i don't know i like how they made like batman's cape big and flowy yeah i tried to get that in there um there's even a like a panel i think from from one of the marshall rogers comics of batman who was throwing the batarang that i was mm -hmm. like i'm just doing that because that's <laughs> cool <laughs> love it perfect <laughs> i mean it, if it's not broke why fix it right if, exactly yeah i was like lift I, the best I, lift the best that the best did exactly yeah so that's and that's kind of because yeah for me anytime i got to draw batman it's like it's very special and it's like if i can just put in an extra little 10 percent here or there wherever uh like that the i think my favorite drawing that i did labor over was batman swishing his cape to leave mm -hmm. uh, the interrogation early on I had gone through a couple of versions of that that I didn't think had quite the impact I wanted to be like, this is our first big shot of Batman. So yeah, I, I spent a lot of time on that to try to make it 
as cool as possible. Um, and then uh, him in the Batmobile was really fun too. Like where he's, I had him like lit by the lights in the car and stuff. Yeah, I would say those and the uh, Batarang. Also, I really like, I, well, I struggled at the end because it was like, I want this to be a really cool looking, like this little sequence where he like uh, back grapples away. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, the, you know, the, the coolest or like the most affecting Batman is visually a lot of the time in the shows when he's almost completely silhouetted, like mm -hmm. the intro or different parts was like, okay, we'll just, just make it purely like just the pose and then just get some highlights on there and that's it. So I would say those are probably some of my favorite shots. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us for this episode and being being willing to share not only behind the scenes stuff here, but share your thoughts, uh, uh, you know, about the Kevin Kevin Conroy tribute. And uh, we can't wait to have you on uh, again for another episode review in the hopefully not too distant future. Here, totally, I would love that. Yeah, thank you again so much for joining us today, Jordan. Uh, as as we said, we it was such a treat to talk with you about all this. And uh, before we let you go, let's make sure uh, people know where they can find you on the socials and anything else you'd like to plug. Sure thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at Gibson Agogo, and uh, you can find me on my website GibsonComics.com. Um, I've got a couple of cool variant covers coming up next, and then a couple of other things I can't talk about yet, but I am pretty psyched for. So look out for that. Um, maybe this year or next year, not sure, but yeah. Great. All right. Well, go out now, pick up Jordan's copy or the uh, Jordan's issue. Uh, we want to make sure this uh, sells really well so that the fine folks at DC uh, invite Jordan back to draw all of the DCAU stuff. Uh, because every anytime we get to see your artwork, it's, it's a good day for us. <laughs> Incredible. Awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Well, that was so much fun. Thanks Gosh, once again. So cool. <laughs> the best, uh, <laughs> the best of the best. Uh, Jordan is, uh, as as we often say, I think we've said it on the air, and we've definitely said it to him privately. Um, just, just we're like just cut kindred from the, spirits, yes, cut, cut from the same cloth as far as our love for for Batman the Animated Series and 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 the DCAU as a whole. Uh, look forward to having Jordan back on the show uh, sometime in the future, but again, can't thank him enough for taking the time to be with us and explain his process. Uh, but yeah, Cal, we'll, uh, we got, as, as mentioned, we've got several more issues to talk about, including issue two with art by uh, Kevin Altieri and, uh, and, uh, and Monica Gabina as well. So a lot to look forward to as we go forward. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, glad to, glad that we only have one comic to cover <laughs> per month. That's so it's far. Nice, <laughs> it's nice that DC has been kind enough not to announce a, a follow-up to justice league uh infinity but uh we shall see yeah it's it's, uh, it's great love having these uh these bonus episodes where we can kind of talk about this and as always new content for uh for the listeners and new content for us to enjoy here in the in 2023 we have new dcau <laughs> content so uh man we have a lot to be grateful for excited to check out issue two with you next month Absolutely, Cal. So thank you everyone for listening, uh, whether you do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other uh, third-party podcast app. If that app gives you the option to give us five stars and or leave a review, we would appreciate you taking the time to do that. That's a really easy, free way for you to help us out. 
Uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, you can also head directly to anchor.fm slash DCAU review. And there's actually a donate button if you'd like to buy us a coffee. Uh, you can also find uh, merch at dcaureview.com. You can buy yourself a mug or a shirt or a hat, get something back for your hard earned dollar. And uh, again, the probably other than leaving a review, the simplest free way you can, uh, you can do is just follow us at DCAU review on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we always post when we have new episodes and we discuss lots of other things throughout the week when new issues are solicited we always try to put up the covers and the synopses and and all of that and do a little little uh, speculating and chatting with uh, fellow dcau fans about that as well as uh, whatever upcoming episodes we might uh, we might have uh, in the pipeline for our main show so i look forward to that appreciate everybody who already does uh, follow us and, and support our, us like that and you can also head to youtube.com slash the pod tower and subscribe to there and uh, you know like and favorite the videos and share the links and all that I, any of that stuff that helps bump us up in the almighty algorithm uh, uh, is, is much appreciated so uh, and you're helping us out as well as some other fellow dcau content creators but uh, cal this is a lot of fun i can't wait to come back next month and talk about issue two but until then i'm liam and i'm cal and we'll be back soon with another episode of the dcau review Bye bye